All kinds of stuff happening there as I'm trying to bring things up. Good morning. It is Friday. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Joining me now is, uh, his name is John DeBritty. Now, John was, is a specialist when it comes to certain things because he was a special operations command sergeant major. I've always wondered, and did I pronounce your last name right, John? Yeah, close enough. It's close Divertai. enough. Divertai. Very good. Um, when you're a special operations command sergeant major, what all do you? What were the perks to that? I can only imagine having those guys working underneath you. That that must be something. I mean, I worked in Comsec Communications and MI, and I sort of watched those guys from you know the other side of the fence. So I always thought that was a whole different world. Well, I mean, the great thing is you get to run around with people that are, you know, top one percent of their game. Yeah, and you know we're just bunch of pipe hitters and going out and doing the job and getting things done Indeed. whether it was in you know first ranger battalion or seven special force group or or even cag you know it's just you know i served in all those i've served all over the world um down in columbia in the 90s and afghanistan iraq africa you know so just meeting great folks and it's just not you know, the, the operators, it's, you know, the support personnel as well. Yeah. You talk I, about the comsec, yeah. the comsec guys. I mean, we had some of the best communicators on the, on the planet just doing amazing things. Yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, I, I've been, I've been wondering this now when I served, it was during the cold war and, uh, you know, Ukraine was just, they were just some of the guys we were going to be shelling and blowing up and, you know, just doing stuff too. Um, do we actually have a dog in the fight with Ukraine, the way we're doing things right now? The way we're doing things, does this actually indicate that we have an interest there? Well, yeah, we got a dog in the fight. I mean, but the question is, you know, just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should do it. And I look at it this way. Um, Ukraine, we're kind of, to my opinion, unless Putin attacks a NATO country, and then we're second tier. Right. The EU needs to step up, and they need to start pushing more into into uh, Ukraine, and just not uh, standing by, giving them a pat on the back. You know, I know for a fact Poland definitely wants to get more involved in it because they will be affected. Lithuania, Estonia, same places. Finland's starting to see it. So, really. What I would do if I was in charge is I'll just tell Europe, you put in a dollar, I'll put in a dollar. You know, but our <laughs> dollars are not going to be cash. It's going to be uh, three foreign military sales. And I would tell Ukraine and Zelensky that we will be monitoring um, the equipment that we give you and supplies. And if you sell one bullet, we're done. Yeah, we're just giving this stuff on. to them blind. We're not following this stuff. We don't know where it's going, do we? Uh, not necessarily. You know, we do have uh, controls. So, like in Columbia, when we did play in Columbia, if it wasn't a uh, counter-narcotics unit, then every time they wanted to use something that uh, we gave them, they had to get permission. Now, the Ukraine incident would be a different different play. Um, you know, we can't send guys to the front line. We don't want to send guys. We can, but we won't. We don't want to do that. Um, I don't think it's ready for us to be boots on the ground. 
Right. Again, it goes back to Europe doing it. And um, were you were you, you know, did you serve the, in the 80s by chance? Yeah, went in in 82, got out in okay. 2016. So in 85, when I was in Europe and we would do those combined armed live fire exercises where the Bundeswehr would come out and roll around with us too, they would show up in their M113s. Those things would be armor all. They, they would be shiny. I'd oh, be yeah. covered in mud. I'd have to get out and check my blood, not my blood, my oil pressure and everything else. I'm out there doing maintenance, pulling maintenance on my 577. I've got an antenna that throws out 19,000 watts that I've got to make sure it doesn't get messed up. They just get out and light a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were not, we were doing more for them to defend them in the 80s than they have ever done. Yeah, I was an infantryman over there. That was my right. first duty uh, with the Persian missiles. And that was a huge political play. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a it's a mobile nuke in uh, the counterpart. The Soviet counterpart was the SS-20. But the problem with the SS-20, it would go to wreck, and then they would have to fuel it. The Pershing was a solid fuel system. So we could go erect and launch. And they were fueling with oxygen, liquid oxygen. So it's very volatile. So they had to do it very slow. And, the SS-20 uh, so was the big, the, big, uh, the big mobile moving around, going yeah. through the woods, breaking down, break, making its own launch site. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the nuke, the medium-range nukes. Um, so we had a lot of protest going on. And, man, and you saw it, too, the Polizai, those rubber batons they had. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. So, So they would hit you one time with this stick and would bounce and hit you two more times with one stroke. So exactly. It would be like they a drum roll. Their wrist and it would yeah. bounce off. Yeah. I was like, holy mackerel. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were playing with their spec ops units there as well, you know, because it was a huge political play. And I wasn't in spec ops at the time. Like I said, I was just light infantry um, at the time. But uh, working with those guys, man, holy mackerel. One of them was an Olympic wrestler, and I was a pretty good wrestler back then. Not anymore. I'm 59. So, um, but, man, he was smaller than my would He just tied me up in a knot, man. <laughs> it was I'm like, holy crap. Well, I mean, even nowadays, well, even then, even in the 80s, light infantry on the European landmass was sort of an elite unit in and of itself because there just wasn't that much of it, was there? Yeah, it's kind of hard, you know, when you've got uh, motorized, mechanized, you know, heavy heavy brigades, medium-sized brigades against light infantry. Uh, you know, light infantry is just, you're advantageous in the mountains, you're advantageous in, in thick wood um, areas like that. Um, but, you know, as you know, your infantry in that war, um, you had to be supported by your tanks and your armored vehicles. Yeah, mine, mine was a mech infantry unit. We, yeah. we, 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 were the tow, we had the tow guns, so. Yep, yep. Anyway, anyway. That's what you're seeing in Ukraine. It's a conventional war. Uh, you know, it's a tank infantry battle. It's a, uh, you know, go back to World War I trench warfare uh, style. So oh. it'll... And it'll be like that. It'll be locked in for a while. You know, you look at what's in between those two lines. It's a lot of uh, mines, a lot of barriers. Um, so those but, mines will be there for years, won't they? Yeah. You, you know, some after it's all said and done, farmers, they'll be there for years. Yep. Some unfortunate farmers will be plowing his field and he's going to dig one up. Yeah. I mean, we're still finding war two bombs in, in Europe. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that quite well. In any event, yeah. um, so uh, with as as far as Ukraine goes forward, do we are we 
and we got about a minute here. Are we giving them just enough to keep up what's going, which is really not really – it doesn't seem to be moving the chains up and down the field that much, whatever we're doing right now. Yeah, it seems to be, you know, we're trying to do a prolonged war, which I don't necessarily agree with. You know, um, I would give them enough to do a Mike Tyson knockout on yeah. Huey Herman, Huey yeah. Herman being Putin. Because when you do that, you destroy Putin's credibility within Russia. And he's out. But here's the problem. If you do that, all right, um, and I wrote about this in my book, some of these things that we're talking about, um, and that's in my NATO chapter. But uh, the problem with that is, is who do you get next? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Putin, one thing about Putin, he'll tell you what he's going to do if you do that. And when you do it, he does does his response. He doesn't redraw a line in the sand like some leaders do. You know, he just doesn't say, don't do it. He says, if you do that, I'm going to respond with this. And then he does. It. You got to admire the man for it. Yeah. You know, but... I don't, you know, it's about all I admire him for. <laughs> He's open about it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Sergeant Major, we're going to do this more. I, I, I want you to come back. So uh, uh, I, I can see many good conversations between yourself and myself. The name of the book that he wrote is called We Are America, A Voice from the Silent Majority. His name is Command Sergeant Major James DeVerdi. And, uh, well, thank you for joining me today. I will be in touch, sir. All right, Bill. Well, enjoy the conversation. Look forward to it in the future. So, and you can find that book on Amazon. It's also on Kindle. I haven't done an audio yet. We'll work what on that. We can work on yep. that. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Bill. Enjoy yes, your show. Take care. Roger that. Um, when we get back, they're trying to make Taylor Swift a psychological operative. <laughs> this is News Talk 98.9 WORD.